On this week's podcast, we get to speak with Matt Wilson from Silverback Advertising, and he's going to teach us all about what OTT actually is and what that means. And he's really invested in the automotive marketing industry. He's had seven years as a, kind of on both sides of the fence, really. He was a marketing director for a group of nine Nissan stores and currently the account director now at Silverback Advertising. So he's really had both sides of the fence as a client and now a vendor. And so now he's going to share with us all about the things that people need to think about on digital sides and not just for automotive, but for all of us out there that are going through this marketing journey. And I love to talk to other people who work in agencies just as we do to learn from them just as much as they can learn from us. So enjoy the journey as we take a listen and understand and uncover what it means to have OTT and connected TV and podcasting and all of the things. And he's also a podcast host himself. So let's take a listen to Matt Wilson. Welcome to Pepper Shock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen, and today I have Matt Wilson with me, and we're going to do a little pod swap, right, Matt? Yes, we're pod swapping. That's two podcasts in one. That's right. And so tell my audience what podcast you have, and I'll tell yours mine. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, for your audience, my podcast is mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson, and we talk about automotive marketing mostly. There you go. That's the synopsis. <laughs> the mostly. I love that part. And ours yes. is the Marketing Expedition podcast, and we mostly talk about marketing. <laughs> All right. We're in, we're in good company for sure, but let me start off and then you can come back to me. But I, um, first of all, just wanted to ask, uh, and, and share a little bit about your story, who you are, what you do and you know, what makes you, what makes your world go round? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, okay. So, uh, my, my name is Matt, obviously, and I'm the account director at Silverback Advertising and, uh, we are a, a primarily automotive uh, focused uh, advertising agency. A big part of our business, kind of our, our differentiating factor is our uh, OTT connected TV platform that we developed in-house that we uh, work with um, our dealers directly on as well as uh, white label and work with other agencies who uh, want to have a similar service, but either don't want to use a big box vendor or deal with the infrastructure in-house, they will use us. Um, and then uh, so I've been here for two years. Prior to that, I come from the tier three automotive side. I was the marketing director at a, a group of Nissan stores uh, for seven years, which is how I got into automotive. And then prior to that, I spent 15 years in radio, which is where I got the idea to, um, uh, I thought, oh, it'd be fun to do a podcast about what I'm doing now, kind of combining radio and automotive marketing. And it seemed like a natural, uh, natural thing to do. So Excellent. that's what makes it happen. That's what makes the world go around. Selling cars, uh, OTT working from home, you know, in the office slash playroom slash laundry room slash cat room, uh, doing what all of us are doing, you know, trying to make it work. 
Right. Working from home. I know I am here at home too. And the kids are finally back in school part-time now, which is great. I'm loving that. Yeah. Uh, But you know, my dog is here. So if you hear her bark, that that's why. (laughs) I feel like any excuse, like people like on pitches or dealer recap calls will be like, people will be like, Oh, my dog is there. My kid bus is coming. I feel like all, no one needs to give any excuses or disclaimers. We get it. The internet's slow. The kids are outside. The lawn's being mowed like everybody can everybody's allowed that now in 2021 we all get a free pass that's right that's right yeah yeah (laughs) okay so just so our audiences know explain what ott is obviously i know but i want you to share kind of like a basic overview of what this is so ott stands for over the top uh and it it, it's a very like all-encompassing word that um refers to anything any kind of television that is delivered outside of the old school uh, coax cable wire that comes from the wall, the black wire with the little little uh, right. antenna thing in it. Yeah. So OTT is all encompassing. Any other television outside of that, um, but when you boil it down, it's you know it comes down to CTV, which is connected TV, which is how most of us, or not most of us, but a lot of people watch television now. Um, so, you know, like right above me uh, in my office is a smart TV that has, you know, uh, Roku, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon, YouTube. It's a connected TV. I've watched TV through this television, but I don't have cable. And I have two of those, in, uh, three of those in my house. Um, so an OTT platform or connected TV platform uh, delivers ads through all, and there's a million uh, connected TV channels and ways to programmatic ways to deliver inventory, um, delivers television commercials essentially uh, through all those streaming platforms. Good, good synopsis of what that is. And each of those different platforms, yep. And each of them kind of have a different market that you're wanting to attract or different programs that you can play, that you can put the ads on. And so your team has developed the tool to do that, correct? Yeah, we've developed and because there's there, there's the the programmatic um, connected TV OTT landscape is like the wild west, right? There's yeah. no like you buy TV, uh, you know, you buy TV a certain way, right? And you use ratings points and GRPs and, and and you know media buyers have a specific set of skills, and this is the industry standard. A uh, programmatic is all over the place, right? Because you're buying inventory from multiple places in different ways and all these platforms use different naming conventions and different bidding methods. And so we developed an in-house platform that we're able to uh, not only buy inventory through a lot of the exchanges that are out there, but also strike some of our own private inventory deals, um, you know, where we can pass advertising through before it's available to the masses. Um, And we took it all and tried to make it as simple as possible for the either agency that is using us or for a dealership that we're using, because what do they know? Well, they want to know where's my spot going to run. And you could say, and it's, it's not like it, it is with television where you can be like, Oh, well, you're going to be on the discovery channel on Sunday afternoons, because it's not how you buy it. That's not how programmatic OTT is bought. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really buying the audience not the program. And it's really irrelevant what the person's watching, right? It doesn't matter if I'm watching the Food Network at one o'clock in the morning or The Bachelor on Hulu on Monday night, which I don't watch, by the way, but as an example, (laughs) or if I'm watching the Mets game on SNY on a Sunday afternoon, what matters is that I'm the person that the advertiser is trying to reach. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So it's really da- data driven. You're buying the, you're bu- you know, a TV, you're buying the, the program, hoping the person you want to reach is watching that program. Oh, I think guys watch golf. So we're going to be on golf. Well, we're finding that guy that you want, regardless of where he is. Right. And so it's based on downloads and how many times something's watched. Right. And that's kind of how it's, I mean, for some different programs or some different channels, channels, I guess you call them platforms, channels. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me how that works. Yeah. So, um, you know, as an example, we will say to somebody, okay, you know, your budget is X dollar amount and you want, and I'll just use automotive as an example, but you want people who are likely to purchase an Alfa Romeo, whether they're in market for a, a, an Alfa Romeo or a competitor, or maybe they have a car that the next natural upgrade is an Alfa Romeo. We will target those people across all the different connected TV platforms. So if, I'm in market for now for Mayo and I'm watching like, as an example, this happened, I'm watching SNL through my Hulu device on my smart TV. I may see an ad for Alfa Romeo. And then, but if you're next door and you're watching the same thing and you're not in the market for now for Mayo, you're not going to get the Alfa Romeo commercial because that's a waste of an impression. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're watching people watch TV, there's, you know, it's a very fragmented landscape right now. There's Hulu and there's sling and there's YouTube T and there's a million different places. Yep. Right. Um, so if you're watching Sling, you're watching Hulu, you're watching Roku, you're watching it through the, you're watching TV through the CBS All Access app, or you're watching it through the Food Channel website. There's a million ways to buy that ad um, through programmatic, and we kind of simplify it. And we 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 named our platform Data Fusion Marketing, and we let Data Fusion buy it um, and find the person regardless of of what they're watching. Although you know we do have a lot of things in place to make sure that um, you know your content's not running in, you know, unsavory places on the internet or uh, next to any user generated content. Um, it, you know, is important. Brand safety is important for sure. Oh, that's great. And I love that you've put it all together so that people can use this tool and agencies can use this tool as a, yeah. as a platform that, you know, we can then take and resell as an agency. And, and, yeah. and really that's kind of how, how we met you um, found us on LinkedIn. And then you attended uh, our marketing expedition yeah. meetup and shared uh, some knowledge with us. And you were, you got to be there when our whole team was available. Yeah, that was uh, cool. Our yep. powwow. Yeah. You guys were all in like a ski lodge or you were somewhere that was very, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember where you were, but everyone was oh. sitting down at the table. That was cool. Yeah, we, we got, we rented this really cool place called Underhill Garden and it was, you know, during pandemics, so we had to be spread out, of course, and mm-hmm. masks on and, oh, yeah. and, you know, doing our team building thing. But we had, we always schedule this every third Friday and it was like, you know, rain or shine and this will be a fun, fun for us to do for everybody. And so you popped on and, and we do this, you know, on an ongoing basis and people come on and, and you know, tell us a little bit about them and what they offer and what they do and we, vice versa. We do the same. And it's kind of a fun way to meet up and get together. And, and I was talking, I was telling somebody the other day, I do this now because oftentimes I will get hit up all the time. Let's go, you know, coffee or, you know, it used to be coffee cocktails or conference calls or whatever. Now it's just yeah, all right. conference calls. But um, if I were to say yes to everyone that wanted to meet with me, like all I would be doing is drinking coffee or, you know, <laughs> you jacked up on caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so like, let's get to know you and meet up for coffee. I'm like, okay, I'm going to condense it all. And everyone gets to meet everyone that wants to meet me all at the same time, which I love. And so yeah. now we've been doing this big thing every third Friday, you should come again. It's, it's, I will do it up. again. Yeah. I think it's yeah, cool. Yeah. I like the, I, I like it. I think that's, that's, I mean, you know, you miss the in-person stuff, but I also like, 
that kind of, because if we weren't in this like time we're in now and you invited me to that thing on a Friday, I'd be like, I don't have time for that. But like, yeah. that's the only way to talk to people now. And I liked it. It was like hanging out with your agency people. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's kind of cool. And there's been a lot of that stuff. I think it's a good idea. Um, mm -hmm. But I think yeah. also that that kind of thing will continue, I think. I think so because, too. I mean, because you're on another part of the country, right? Where yeah. are you? I'm in just, Connecticut. Connecticut and I'm in Idaho. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, we're never going to meet in person likely. So. Right. Right. But now yeah. we can, you know, Hey, I know somebody in Connecticut or, you know, exactly. and you know, it's, it's a great way, I think, um, to do some business development, to do some connections and networking, sure. and learning like what it is that people are doing and, you know, kind of the latest trends that are happening. So yeah. I encourage it. And, and people said like, well, aren't you worried about like competitors? And, and I'm really not, I, I'm not worried about that because there's something that maybe we do that you don't, or that there's something you obviously do that we don't. So I think it's just like being able to connect with other people that have a similar industry and, you know, kind of a, a like-minded mentality of what it is that we're doing because we're going on a marketing journey. That's what this yeah. is, a marketing expedition, yep. right? We're going on yep. it together. Anyway, and, so and there people, you go. And the people who talk about that too, like with the competition, like there's plenty of business to go around. Like there's a million yep. agencies, there's a million businesses, like it is what it is. And it's all relationship based. And, um, you know, I, I don't, cause you know, people talk about that too. Like, oh, if you're talking about, you know, all the, um, you know, all your data fusion secrets on your podcast. And I'm like, listen, anybody can develop their own, you know, OTT platform, but it's how you go about doing it, what your goal is of it. If you have the infrastructure in place, what your process is. And we just developed a combination that works really well for us. And, um, that's just what we decided to do. I mean, we're not the only people doing it. Cars.com is out there trying to sell OTT to dealers. Right. There's, uh, you know, they're buying it from someone else. But, um, you know, there's, I don't look at it as like, oh, well, I'm not going to tell somebody that how that secret sauce works. But, uh, <laughs> there's a million agencies. There's a million businesses. There's plenty of business to go around. And I think all of us talking to each other only makes us all stronger. Yeah, and it does because then you can, um, you know, leverage the knowledge that other people have and utilize that to your advantage. And for you, because you're reselling what you do, I mean, it's helpful for you to reach out and do that. And, and you have kind of a unique um, position. You've been like on the client side and now yeah. on the agency side. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about that because I can only imagine how many times a conversation have come up. Well, this is probably something that the auto dealers wouldn't like, because here's why. And I've experienced yeah. this before. Share yeah. a little bit of what, how this is an advantage to you. That was my first sort of responsibility at Silverback Advertising was, you know, we're, they're all auto guys, right? But the president of the company was uh, tier two uh, Acura, uh, you know, 15 years ago. And the managing partner was tier one Hyundai, you know, six years ago, you know, and when I started, I was tier three Nissan yesterday. So, <laughs> um, you know, and I'm the guy, I was the guy who got the pitches and the phone calls. I could have spent all my time listening to pitches or meeting with people when I was the marketing director of the group because uh, vendors would follow me around from store to store. Oh, we hear he's at this store on Thursdays. Let's call him at that store. Oh, are you here? No, I'm not here. Oh, well, he's at that store on Wednesdays. Let's show up there. I mean, so, so I was very, very sensitive to being pitched. Um, so I think, so from that standpoint, I was sensitive about how I would reach out to people knowing how I liked to be or not be contacted. Right. Um, and then just, you know, from a standpoint of a dealer standpoint, like you said, I had the most recent in that chair experience and we would be going over things and I'd be like, yeah, that's great. But 
a dealer's not going to care. Or, okay, that's cool, but here's how I would say that to me if it was if it was me. Yeah, if you were in those shoes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that it gave me, and still does probably, even though it's been two years, you know, it gives me a unique perspective on you know, how to size up a dealer early on too. You know, I was, you know, my dealer group was in the Northeast. So, and there was a lot of dealers in the um, like New Jersey, Long Island area that were part of the group. And that's not the most forgiving um, uh, area of the country, right? It's tough dealers. They want results right away. Well, I know how to talk to those people because those were the people that I worked with at my last job. That being right. said, then I got dealers in the South right now who are like the nicest people in the world. They're uh-huh. still demanding attribution and results. We all want results for, for you know, for, for, for our money, what we're spending. Um, but I feel like I'm saying, okay, this is what, this is this type of dealer and this is what they're going to want. And mm-hmm. let's, let's talk to them in this way going forward. And I think that's just a product of what I did um, before this. Um, but I also think that from the other side, it has the negative effect also. Because I'm like, oh man, like anytime somebody made this phone call to me when I was a dealer, I'd be like, are you serious right now? Like, dude. (laughs) So I think it also has a negative effect where I might be, because, you know, it's almost like karma. Like I wish I was nicer when I was, when I was a dealer because I want people to be nice to me. Um, And I wasn't like a jerk, but I was really busy. I had a lot of stores Mm -hmm. and the phone rang all the time. And I could not possibly answer every phone call and get back to everyone. It was impossible. Yep, but I right. wish I wish I wish I did a better job at it now because I feel like it would be coming back to me <laughs> in the universe. I absolutely relate to the person trying to get a hold of the marketing director at a dealership yeah. and trying yeah. to do that because of you know whatever events we're wanting sponsorships for or you know oh could you what, what, whatever it is that you're after you know and um, you know pitching. To, to do the work with them. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and, and very busy, very busy. Cause they're you're bouncing around. Like you were like, you said you were at one dealership and then another, and then you were, you know, so it's yeah, like, yeah. I can somewhat maybe uh, admittedly relate to the paparazzi following just because yeah. I need to get an answer on something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's Matt? Where's Matt? Just do tomorrow. He's got to approve like, it put a gps tracker so we can track them down i mean yeah exactly <laughs> meanwhile i'm just home crying because everybody wants something from me <laughs> right right i mean i do remember exactly. one of my dealers that i used to work with a long time ago like he would religiously take a smoke break at a specific uh-huh. time and so i knew this and so yeah. i wanted to talk to him for just a brief minute I would be there during that time frame, knowing like that. that that's where he would be. And I don't know if he caught on after a while because he knew that like this right. is the thing, you know? <laughs> I like that. That's clever. That's but, clever. But you know, it's like, hey, if I can talk to him, I'm going to talk to him. And that's what I need to do. And I can't get it catch him, you, can. you know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, it's been, I mean, we used to do some dealer work um, and did, you know, commercials and did uh, some, some video work. And in fact, that's the, one of the commercials we did was an Emmy award-winning commercial and it wasn't oh. your typical car commercial. Congratulations. I'm super proud of, yeah, it was, it was awesome for our team to do that, but I, um, but working with the dealers and it was a whole, a group of different competitors all coming together for, a, an auto mall area. Oh, like a, like, I got you like a kind of a, um, like yeah. a, like a marketing collective or a kind of, I forget mm-hmm. what they call it, what it's called. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was like the whole auto mall area 
And uh, so I had five different dealers with five different opinions of five of different course. ways to do things, right? Yeah, of course. That's a, yeah, that's a staple of dealer life. We all have opinions. It's a very oh opinionated group. Yes, yes. You know what's funny is like, I love dealers. I love auto marketing. It's a blast. I've been doing it for, you know, nine years. The podcast is fun. But the OTT platform and the pandemic has allowed me to deal with agencies um, or some direct clients outside of automotive, mm-hmm. which has also been fun because I, I didn't plan on it and we didn't plan on it when we built it. But like I have an agency as a client and they're all their clients are tourism. So, and they're using the platform. So I've gotten to learn about another industry that I didn't really know a lot about. Tourism industry is cool. Retail, HVAC, um, you know, uh, we have a church client through an agency that, you know, has been using the OTT platform. And for me, like as a guy who's been in automotive, it's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm finding it, I'm learning, I've been learning a lot over the last year um, outside of automotive and how different businesses are run and, and how the pandemic has affected different, different businesses in different parts of the country has been, has been pretty cool. And I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, meeting, you know, people, uh, you know, owners and businesses outside of, outside of automotive. Um, but it is when you're in your comfort zone, like you're talking automotive with a dealer and I'm like, all right, this is the language that I have been speaking <laughs> yep. for a while, but I have enjoyed the, the learning other industries has been kind of cool. And it's just one of yeah. the other cool things the pandemic has kind of brought into our lives is mm-hmm. something, something outside of your comfort zone, maybe. Well, and expanding into the other areas you need, what you do, I think that yeah. that is definitely a good play to, to grow and kind of find um, other categories of businesses that are doing well, that are, you know, maybe essential, like you, you mentioned HVAC, right? I mean, they're essentials and you can't yeah. go without them, right? Or plumbers or, or yeah. any of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, up here, up here in the Northeast, you know, we had, um, I think it was last year, maybe it was a, it wasn't a hurricane. It was, we had no power for six days, like our whole neighborhood. Wow. And f- since then, uh, three people in my neighborhood have bought those, uh, their Generac, like a whole house generator is like $10,000 between like buying and install and everything. You get a new propane tank installed. I mean, what a huge business affected by the weather that is like recession pandemic proof. doesn't matter what's going on in the pandemic, but you don't want to have be without power in the Northeast for five days. It's hot in the summer and it's cold in the winter. And those types of companies are uh, hiring, you know, like home improvement and recreation bicycles and, and ATVs and boats and pools and home improvement and Lowe's and, and HVAC. All those places are like through yeah, the roof right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> so why not as an agency try and be involved in those verticals? It only, it only makes sense. It only, it's only a smart move, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're the ones that are going to be spending the money and, um, you know, recruiting and getting people to work with them and, yeah. and also, you know, clientele that they want. And, and yeah, so definitely a good way to go about, okay, who is essential? Who needs to stay open? Who needs to, you know, who's spending money on marketing right now? You know, yeah. it, it's true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we've, we've seen, um, with tourism in respect to tourism, obviously, you know, the huge impact with you know, not having beds and heads, right. Or uh, heads and beds, I should say. Yep. Hence, and not getting people to go and like ticketed events are no longer right now. And, and so there's been a big impact in, in that. And then also like virtual events have grown because you can't do the regular events. Right. And so what, what's the next best thing, the virtual events. And yeah, 
starting to see a trend to do some hybrid events too, where people will be on zoom, but then also in person up to the restricted limit that you can, right. And, right. and who knows when that limit will, will be lifted, but uh, I'm starting to see that, but I really think, you know, like you said, virtual events are here to stay. I think people yeah. will continue to do them and the world has just opened up um, and been more accepting of being on camera and, and meeting this way. And then the the next thing that, you know, kind of came out of this too is Clubhouse. Have you yep. heard or have been on Clubhouse yet, Matt? <laughs> I have. I just recorded an episode of my of my podcast uh, with uh, Ilana Shabte from uh, Auto Lead Star. Okay. Um, and we talked about Clubhouse. And, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I have my opinions on Clubhouse. Right, right, um, right. Uh, but that's been a huge, I mean, talk about timing mm-hmm. and the rollout too. And the crazy, like exclusive, you got to get an invite, like right. rollout, I think was cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the question is like, what do you, do, is that here to stay? Do you like, what do you, what do you see happening with clubhouse in the next 12 months? You know, I am seeing it growing for at least the time being. And, um, I don't know, I like it. It's been, it's been mm-hmm. good to, to me to be a part of it. And, you know, the best thing is, is, uh, it's all audio. So you don't even have to worry about, you know, <laughs> you can just wear pajama pants. Yeah. And it's no big deal, you know? Well, I've been wearing pajama uh, pants for a year and a half now. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My pandemic pants, that's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I like it. It's been great to meet people that I, you know, again, otherwise would not have ever met or been on stage, if you will, because you get called yep. up to be on stage. And, yep. uh, yeah, I've gotten to share some, some stages with, some pretty cool uh people like uh guy kawasaki was a, a you know he's the chief in, uh, motivation no chief inspiration officer for canva i guess it is oh wow uh, oh, I love written, canva. yeah he's written lots of books and just done a lot of things and um so you know i got to be on stage with him and and kind of you know that's cool be there while he was doing his his he was moderating his club and uh, we just kind of bantered back and forth for quite a while, and and I didn't get booted off stage, so. Yes, <laughs> we're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's an opportunity that where else would you have had that opportunity? Like, in what, in where in the real world would you have had a chance to just chat with that guy? Probably yeah, not, I mean, right? Really, yeah. Yeah. How how could I have? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. But uh, yeah, so so that's been fun, and and um. The cool thing too is now I um, presented as a topic. I, I get to speak every year at NAB, National Association of Broadcasters, oh, cool. and in the post-production world conference that's a part of NAB. And you know, generally I'm going to Vegas for it, or I was going to go to NAB New York, but you know, obviously pandemic created, right. uh, you know, not not happening. But um, anyway, I, so we're going to do a virtual event and. Um, they wanted me to speak all about clubhouse and how to, you know, build your brand through clubhouse. I'm like, all right, I guess I better figure out what this thing yeah, right. is. So that I can, become you know. a clubhouse expert. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's going to be a part of that conference. And, and I usually speak on, you know, personal branding or, you know, cause a lot of creatives will, will attend and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, post-production people will, will be a part of it. So I usually try to address that audience. And um, so, so now that it's out there that I'm going to do this, I've been like messaged, like, can you send me an invite? <laughs> yeah yeah that's the like, thing with clubhouse the invite yeah yeah like yeah sure as soon as i get more because you have to earn them as you go right and and so i just created a list for people add your name to my list and and i will invite you when i can <laughs> i'll get to you when when i can yeah when, I, when I had to up. my clubhouse thing was i had to bar- i don't have an iphone right i'm a um, android 
uh, uh, Samsung Note. Oh. So, but it was like the it, the peer pressure to be involved in Clubhouse was overwhelming, especially you're missing out, right? <laughs> so I borrowed an old iPhone from my mom. Right? Kind of like, be like, hey, mom, 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 do you have an old? Because she's got, do you have an old iPhone I can borrow? Yes, honey, I think I do. You know, she just puts her glasses on, rummages through her desk, finds me like an old, <laughs> tiny, old iPhone. I don't know how to use it. I've never had an iPhone in my life. The only oh. Apple product I have is my laptop. My company laptop is a MacBook. So mm-hmm. I know, that's the only thing I know how to use in the Apple universe. I don't have iPhones, I don't have iPads. So I get the phone and I got to figure out how to use it first of all. Then I got to figure out how to download the Clubhouse app. Then I got to figure out how to use that. Um, <laughs> I did one. Uh, it was like two hours and I, I spoke uh, um, and there were some guys on it who were, you know, industry bigwigs and in automotive who I probably would never have talked to, but who, whose names I know through the industry. Right. Uh, got to talk and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, but um, I haven't gone on since. Because every time I go to do it, I'm like, wait, how do I find out when there's ones going on that I want to be a part of? Or I've gone on one and listened for 20 minutes and been like, I, I can't like folk, I can't do two things at once. So I can't like be working on something and paying attention to what the discussion is. Right. Um, I'm not in the car anymore, so I can't do it in the car. Yeah, so it's not really happening as much anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't spent that much time on it, but there are a lot of cool rooms that have popped up in different industries, and I do kind of like the idea. Um, but I've seen people who are like, oh man, I was on these great clubhouses all night last night. I'm like, who are these people with all this free time to be on clubhouse? <laughs> and it can definitely suck up time when you don't realize that you've been on it for a couple hours. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, There's this one so, guy yeah. who's like, he's like, I do one every weekday morning from 6am to 9am. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, first of all, I don't do anything before 915. So I'm, uh, thanks for the invite, but I'm not coming. Um, <laughs> but like, how, who has that kind of time? I think it's oh crazy, my gosh. but I do well, think it's cool. We do. I do one every Wednesday and, um, I usually keep it to an hour because otherwise it could go forever. Cause we're talking right. about marketing and people that are joining, you know, asking questions and we, what time is value it? In that you do it? So, um, it's generally in the afternoon, uh, Idaho time. So, um, I, I want to say I've done, I've done a couple different times. I think I'm going to stick to, uh, like four thirty-five mountain standard time. And the reason why 35 is because everyone pings on the hour at the hour. And so I decided to do it at a different time. Oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. And so 435 mountain standard time. Uh, and I'll just drop a link so that you guys can, you know, add to the list if you want to be notified Uh, and we'll send you an email. I promise I won't spam you, but it's clubhouse.marketingexpedition.club. So you can do what time is that? And Time is that in Eastern time? Oh, okay, so that here. would be um, so four thirty-five. So it'd be six thirty-five. Carry the one. PM. Yep. <laughs> six thirty. Got it. Okay. So, there were two hours difference, right? So. so uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got but it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we we decided to go get a whole bunch of you know instead of dot coms dot clubs uh, as as domain names. You know. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you can do that, and it like made it popular. So yeah, clubhouse dot marketing expedition dot club. So just I like that dot club part. Pe- Pe- Pepper Shock <laughs> is clever. I like it. You. you know, Pepper Shock came from my maiden name being Pepper Sack. And when you grow up with my, my full name is Rihanna Pepper Sack when I, you know, okay. before I got married. And so Pepper Sack, um, dot com was available in 2003. 
because that's what you did. You found a .com that was available, right? Right. Yep. Back when they were still available. So um, Pepperstack.com was not available. One of my relatives had it already. So Pepperstock.com. And so, yeah, Pepperstock Media is what we landed on. And then, of course, I got married and my last name changed to Allen. So right. I still needed something creative in my name. <laughs> yeah, I like it. There's lots of cool, I mean, obviously I spent a lot of time, you know, looking at agencies and, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of ridiculous agency names out there, but there's a lot of cool agency names out there. And I like, uh, I think Pepper Shock is a good name. And plus you guys have like bold colors and like the logo. Like there's so much, so much of it goes into the logo. There's so many, like, it's almost like, um, you know, like e-commerce, you know, you got to like a, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, a place that sells appliances and they all have the same, it's just automotive and places that sell uh, appliances all have the same, you know, website templates. Well, agencies are the same thing. There's like 10 different agency website templates, right? But you guys have a cool you know, website that kind of stands out, good colors. I like the homepage. Like, I just think the whole like branding vibe, Pepper Shock is, uh, is pretty cool. Maybe it's the Idaho thing. You know, people are in cool parts of the country. They have cool, you know, branding and coloring and everything. And then if you're in like, you know, there's 8 billion agencies in New York and they all, we all have the same website, <laughs> you know? I know, right? It's, and that's the fun thing. And we, we did go through a rebrand. We originally had a red pepper as part of our logo. And when we moved to our new location, I was like, I need something fresh and just new. And, and so of course, you know, what is fresh and new and vibrant? Well, it's orange. And so now everything yeah. is orange yep. and I love it. <laughs> I like it. And it yeah. comes in handy around Halloween. You don't have to, all your branding is right on point for Halloween. Right. Oh, yeah. and and you're good to go. Have our big Shocktoberfest every year in October. Well, this last year for the pandemic was a little interesting. We had to do it on Zoom. But um, so Shocktoberfest is our month because Pepper Shock started in October of 2003. And okay. so Shocktoberfest is like our annual client appreciation, staff appreciation, community appreciation, business, you know, party really is what it is. And, and we just That's have cool. people come and they dress up like Halloween, you know, costumes. Um, it's just a fun, you know, a party for for people who support us and that we want to support and love on so it's fun to to have a have that and i'm really looking forward to when we can actually you know have people come over again and do that yeah <laughs> i feel like that you guys put a really like important premium on company culture absolutely it is i always say that your branding starts from the inside out and your culture is your brand right and yeah. so it's definitely important to us and i'll tell you when I first started the company, I did not pay attention to it as much. I mean, culture is going to happen regardless if right. you do it or not. And so I, um, you know, it, it's sort of changed over the years as to why I wanted to be so in tune with our culture and hiring the right fit for people who fit within our culture and, mm -hmm. you know, that, that can be a part of, of what we do and in our family, right. It's a, we work with our people and sometimes, you know, BC before COVID, we would spend more time with our people at work than we would, you know, at home with our oh, yeah. you know, spouses or whatever. So, and for me, my spouse works with me. So, <laughs> but Drew and I started the company, but it's, it's, definitely has to be a good fit for us. And, and I do think that not just our, not just our employees, but our clients too, need to kind of fit within our mold of who we can serve and how we can serve them and, and how they, you know, how we can work with them together too. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's definitely, and I do um, culture and brand camp. And so I invite people to come and we work on culture and branding together and I invite speakers and um, you know, sometimes there's HR professionals, sometimes there's other marketing people and um, you know, like strength finders and things that you can do to help build your team. 
for employer and employee branding together. So definitely a big part of it. And I can't wait yeah. for us to do culture and brand camp again in person. We had to do it on zoom last time. And it's just not the same. No. You can't have a campfire and, you know, <laughs> talk, you have a, you know, a fireside chat when it's on zoom. <laughs> yep. Someday soon. I think it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Someday soon. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So tell me what's going on and in, in, uh, kind of what's happening in, in your world. Are you guys still going to continue to work from home or are you, um, do you know yet? Yeah, I, I don't think we know yet, but I think, you know, we're seeing, right. You're seeing more and more companies offer um, deciding that they're not going to go back to the office full time. Right. I know Twitter, Twitter is going to be offering, you know, thousands and thousands of people to work from home forever. I believe I read that Google is doing something similar. I have a buddy who works at a, um, uh, a hedge fund and they, you know, keep pushing the date back three months. Oh, it's going to be three months. Oh, it's going to be the end of the year. Uh, and they basically came out and said like, you know what, we don't know. We're going to be in this. We're going to do it this way till further notice. Um, we have let, um, uh, I'll say let, but we've had some people who have said, you know what, um, can I go back to where I am from? Can I live in a different city? Can I work remote? Um, and we've said, yes, that's fine. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, we were kind of already inherently like we had people like we're built to be remote because there's a bunch of us who aren't who are already remote. Like I'm remote full time. Our account services and uh, department, our account services uh, team is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and our digital team is in New Orleans. I'm in Connecticut and the president, of, already, already yeah, the president of the company is in Charlotte. He doesn't even work at the office. Uh, you know, he's not even at our home office. Our managing partner is in Seattle and our digital director is in Charlotte. So we're already all over the place. Um, you know, it's been a culture shock for the core group of people who all work together in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. but now they've all been remote and they rotate, you know, we're rotating in and out now. You know, they're in the office this week and they're home because we don't want them all like on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the productivity, the business has been going great. So do yeah. we need, like, why can't people live in the part of the country they want to live in? Do we need to pay for a building? Right. You know, what kind of infrastructure can we save on? So I don't know. I mean, I think early on it was like, yeah, we're going to all be doing this for now. And then we're going to all go back. But I think it's a lot more up in the air now. What about you guys? Like, what's your... It's, What's the it's plan? Yeah, I mean, so Peppershock has a few moms and, um, you know, parents. And so they've been working from home pretty much this whole entire time, unless there's like some, like a shoot or video shoot or something that we need to, to be at or do. But um, it's been, uh, you know, we've we've done that. We, we had already let our, our staff work from yeah. home at least That's once good a culture. week. You know, yeah, exactly. Like once a week we had, you know, flex day, they could work from home. Um, Just usually not Mondays because that was like our big, you know, day that we all kind of had a staff meeting and got the week prepared. But now it's like everybody just, you know, gets on Zoom. We do daily huddles now and um, I don't do a long, you know, one hour meeting anymore. I just do 15 minute huddles every day. And that, you know, kind of helps because otherwise people like getting, you know, anxious sitting there forever. I got stuff to do, you know. So um, that's been working pretty well. And then we do have our video editor who does go to the office because he's got a big beefy video system yeah, right and if there is a studio recording or you know gear and things that he needs to you know take and go and do but 
and then my husband's back and forth kind of he mostly works from the office to um our designers really you know they can come and go as they need and um and if we've got a client meeting then we'll meet with them with masks on and and do that but we're actually going to sublease um uh, I hired a property manager to sublease some of our office space because we're just not using it. So why, yeah, you know, yeah. why pay for this? And, and we have the studio on back, so I don't want to move or anything because we still do that. But we um, like Drew moved into my office and I just share it with him when I'm there and I'm usually not working from home. So, uh, and then we have another back office that can like, we cleared it out and we're going to sublease it. So we'll see. Um, we're supposed to meet with some people to, to see if they want the office space. Cause I do think that there are people who do want to get out of the house. Maybe they've got kids or maybe, you know, they're just kind of tired of being at the house and they want that community yeah. of people around. Um, so I don't know, it'll be an interesting shift to see what people decide to do if they want to continue to work from home or not. And, you know, one of my employees has to commute and it's an hour away for this person. Right. And so, um, you know, hour both ways, it's like two hours of that, that person's day. So, uh, I imagine that, that, uh, she'll, she'll, you know, she'll probably want to keep working from home. I think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had the opportunity, I would go in, I would do hybrid like for me, mm -hmm. like, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I love working from home. Um, it, for some reasons, but some reasons I don't, some reasons it's nice to just get out of the house and get to work. And like, uh, uh, but that being said, like, you know, some of my store, you know, I had a store, my like home store was 40 minutes away. So that's still, that's not close, but you know, every day. And then, you know, a lot of times I'd be driving farther away to stores farther away. I don't miss that. Right. But, you know, if my, if my company had an office 15 minutes from me, and they were like, oh, you know, it's up to you. I would go in two or three days a week and then I'd work from home two or three days a week. Right, um, right. Because there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But I mean, you and I are lucky. I mean, you can do it how you want to do it. It's your company. But <laughs> you're treating, I think you're, you're making, your employees are lucky because there's a lot of, it's not like that everywhere. You know, I mean, I used to work in radio and the, you know, the, the, my boss there at the time, his thing would be like, Oh, he would hear work from home. And he would think persons at home napping in their underwear. Like he, <laughs> right. but that's, but that's what, um, that's what you get from a micromanager or somebody who's not a great leader, just because someone's working from home. You know, the, the prevail back then was like working from home equals not working. Mm. And it's like, well then either, you know, hiring the right people or you're not the right person to be the manager of these people. Um, right. So, I consider myself lucky and your people lucky because it's not like that. It's not like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of industries and a lot of companies where it's not, you know, you're on, but you got to make sure you're logged into this program at eight 45 every morning. And you got to, you got to be available for a one o'clock call every day. And you got to be at your computer at five Oh one every day. And then you can quit at five Oh five. I mean, like mm -hmm. I, I would, that I would, I would jump out the window if that was the type of culture <laughs> yeah. that I was in. And a lot of people aren't as lucky as, as, as we are. Well, the flexibility I think is key too, because if they are with their kids at home or they need to go pick them up from school or, you know, they can, they can have that flex time to do what they need. And sometimes, you know, my staff will take time off during the afternoons and then maybe make up for it on a Saturday morning or, you know, at, at night after the kids go to sleep kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. it used to be that I was like, oh no, just leave it. Don't do that. You know, don't work odd hours or, you know, don't, right. don't do that. But now it's like, because of that flexibility, they have the ability to do that. Yeah. So as long as stuff gets done, I don't really care how and when they get it done. It just yeah. needs to get done. Right. And, and yeah. show I mean, up when you need to. <laughs> and that's part of good culture. I mean, I get up at, I get up at six sometimes, you know, but sometimes I'll get up at six and I'll work from like six to seven fifteen till the kids wake up. 
And all because I know I'm going to be when the kids get up, it's like, you know, breakfast and get dressed and they got to bring one to the bus stop. And when you got to drive one to school and then by the time I get home, it's 915, 930. And now I got uh, the phone ringing. And I got things to do. But you know what? I got all this stuff done between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. And I got some breathing room. Productive. So my days. Exactly. That's just a product. I'm a morning person. That's a productive time for me. And uh, if I, you know, if I wasn't in the position of working at the company I work for now, it really wouldn't work out as, as, as much. They don't expect me to be up at six working, but I expect me to be up at six working so I can get all my work done and not be stressed out all day dealing with phone calls and whatnot. Um, and that's, you know, I, I'm happy for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we should probably wrap this up a little bit. Don't you think there, Matt? <laughs> I think so, but I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I love talking, to, love talking to other marketers. Always a, always a good discussion. I always think there's something that could be learned from it and that hopefully other marketers also find it interesting and, and could take away something from it as well. Absolutely. Sure. So tell people how they can reach you or get a hold of you and I'll do the same. Yeah, you can find me on, uh, just find me on LinkedIn, I guess, right? Yeah, go to LinkedIn, uh, just search Matt Wilson. I, I mean, I guess there's more than one. I don't really have a good way for people to find me. Are there more than, is there more than one Matt Wilson on LinkedIn? Let's see. I don't know. Matt with two yeah, Mm -hmm. There's a bunch, Matt with two T's, but yeah, find me in the podcast is mostly automotive marketing uh, with Matt Wilson and uh, the agency Silverback Advertising. So, you know, Google those things, find me on LinkedIn. I feel like you're going to be way more organized than how people can find you. So oh. <laughs> I'm the best way for people to find you. Well, that and um, to subscribe to the podcast too. So you can go to themarketingexpedition.com slash podcast and they're all, they'll all be there. Yours will be there once we get it all edited and put together. Um, cool. or peppershock.com. Um, and then you can go there and click on the contact us and get that, get that from, from there as well. And I always offer, you know, a 15 minute consultation. If people want to do a discovery or get to know you, um, calls and then, or, yep. uh, invite them all to the marketing expedition meetup every third Friday at 10 AM mountain standard time, which would be noon, your time which is good timing, I think, on a Friday afternoon. So yes, for sure. um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the fun of it. Uh, I guess you can, to register for that, you can go to peppershock.com slash events and all the different events that we do are posted there, webinars and all kinds of fun things. So peppershock.com slash events. Yeah, um, happy to help when or, where I can. And if there's things that we can do to partner together, love to collaborate. And uh, I'm going to get you on Clubhouse. We're going to moderate a room together. Okay, Matt? That's your oh, challenge. All right, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. I will, I will, I will figure out how to get this phone on the Wi-Fi in my house. I don't really know how to do, find Wi-Fi on an iPhone, but I'll take a lesson from somebody. Okay. Okay. You got this. You got this. YouTube it. You can look at YouTube. I can do it. I could, I could figure it out. I'm confident. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt. And Thanks, for both of the, the people listening, don't forget to subscribe to both podcasts. Yes. And, uh, and reviews are always wonderful, both for both of us, I'm sure. So um, make sure you give us some, some love that way. And uh, until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it, Ray. Excellent. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. 
People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.